Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. pastor I've ever met. Sorry, that's my joke. We're done. So, today, we're talking about who are we as a church. Did you know that God specifically called and ordained this body of believers? Now, we, we talk about, oh, pastor, the church is the group of people that, that serve God and and, and you can't just say that about your church. I can, and I just did, and I will. Because God has ordained this church to change the world. He has. He has called this group of believers together to change the world, just like he has called other churches to do the same thing. The problem is these churches don't realize who they are in God, and they go on what I call autopilot, they come, they do their three songs, they take up their offering, and they do their sermon, and then they leave, and that's the last you hear from each other. That's not really what church is about, amen? We are here to make a difference in the community. So today, I want to ask that question, who are we as a church? We're going to do this series, we're going to talk about that. Because sometimes, sometimes you need to look at yourself in the mirror and see who you really are, don't you? Right? You ever done that before? You ever looked at yourself in the mirror? I looked at myself in the mirror the other day, and I said, man, that's an old man right now. I don't know who that is. Because I see myself as 20 years old and skinny, more hair, <laughs> losing my hair. I never thought that would happen. And so I look at myself, and I go, and, and you know, back then I didn't have these, this fuller feature that I have now. <laughs> Right, I was a lot skinnier back then, and I, that's how I see myself. And sometimes I have to take a real honest look at myself, and not just my physical appearance, but really my mentality, who I am, how I talk to people. Do I get mad when I shouldn't get mad? Am I critical when I shouldn't be critical? Sometimes you have to have a talk with yourself, right? Sometimes you have to say, you don't need to be that way, do you? It's called being honest. And what the church needs to do what the church needs to do is we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and see what do we reflect. I'm not talking about just as individual believers, but what does this church reflect? Are we like other churches that don't allow certain people to come to their church because of who they are or what they've done? Are we the kind of church that is not welcoming to the, to the unbeliever or maybe the believer who is not living the right way? Or are we, are we the type of church that ignores sin and acts like it's okay? Are we the type of church that says, it's okay, you can do whatever you want just as long as you treat each other right? Are we that kind of church? Those are the things that we need to ask ourselves because I want you to understand today that God is going to hold us accountable for how we are. Are we a social justice church that only cares about social justice, or do we care about souls? 
Do we care about the life beat? People getting off drugs, people getting off of alcohol, people getting off of, of things that they shouldn't do, off of pornography and all those things. Do we care about that? Who are we as a church? You know, some churches, they like to have a, a vision statement or a mission statement. They like to, to, like to post that so everybody can see so there's no confusion. And, and I want to tell you, I don't do that on purpose because I believe the mission of every church should be to disciple the saints. Amen? That's our job, right? Jesus said it in Matthew 28. I don't need to repeat that. I don't need to come up with a different vision or mission. Our job is to disciple people, and by disciple, that means mold them into who Christ is. Amen? Christ was not judgmental. He's coming to judge. Christ was not judgmental. You know what Christ was? Jesus went about doing good. That's what he did. He cared about people. He loved people. How many people have gone into a church and you felt unwelcome, not necessarily because the Holy Spirit was moving. That can make us feel, you know, a little uneasy. But you just feel like nobody wanted you there. You just feel like, man, I'm in the wrong place. My wife and I have done that. I served as a, as a state youth director, and sometimes I would go to churches, and people would look at us like, why are you here? You remember that? They look at us like, why are you here? You don't belong here. And I kept thinking, I, you know, my, my, you know I, I'm a Christian. I do belong in church, right? We shouldn't, we shouldn't have a church where people don't feel like they belong. Everyone is welcome here, amen? Everyone is welcome. I don't care who you are. You're welcome in the house of God today. But I often ask myself, I say, Jesus, would you want to come to our church? Would, would you want to be a part of our congregation? Jesus, would you feel welcome if you walked in? Would, would people come up and shake your hand? Would, would you worship with the worship music, or would you feel like it was too much entertainment? Well, God, would you, would you say amen as the preaching was done? God, what would you do? Would you feel welcome? Would you feel welcome in my home, Lord, as I watch television? God, would you feel welcome in my home as we sat down and we ate a meal and we gave you thanks before we ate? Or maybe we didn't because we forgot because we're hungry. God, would you feel welcome? Would you want to be in here? We sang that song, Holy Spirit, we welcome you, but do we mean it with our hearts? Amen? So do we just sing our songs for the sake of singing because the words are up here and they look nice? Or do we really mean it, mean it when we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here? Are we really willing to be uncomfortable in church? I'm not talking about unwelcome. I'm not mentioning that because we already talked about that. I'm talking about uncomfortable. We don't go to church to be comfortable. We go to church to be challenged. Challenged not because of me, but because of the Word of God. Amen? We're challenged by the Word of God not to leave here the same way we walked in. God wants to change us. Amen? I don't have to preach sermons about don't do this and don't do that. Because the Holy Spirit should be doing that in you. And it bothers me. I'm going to tell you something. It bothers me. When people come into this church and they walk out and they go back to the worldly lifestyle that they've always been doing and they think it's okay. I'm going to tell you something right now. If you are living a worldly lifestyle, then you need to stop. 
Because the Holy Spirit of God has called us to be pure. He's called us to be holy, and you cannot do the things of the world and do the things of God. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. That's called duality, and you can't do it. Amen? You have to live. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to make mistakes sometimes. Anybody made mistakes? Amen? I was driving in Anchorage, and somebody cut me off. I wanted to share with them my feelings about that. Right? Amen? I realized I was letting my anger get the best of me. Would, I, would Jesus be in the car with me right then? Amen? I don't think Jesus would drive in Anchorage. I'm just being honest with you. Just going to be honest with you about that. Amen? But I want to tell you that we have got to come to the place where we realize church is just not somewhere we go, but church is who we are. We walk with it, we talk with it, we carry it with us everywhere we go, amen? It is not just a place that you show up on Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night. It is a lifestyle. And some of us, I'm going to be honest with you, some of us have forgotten that. We like to lay church on the, on the little, you know, little banister. Out there. Okay, I've been to church and I'm going to lay it down here. Then I'm going to go home and live whatever way that I want. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's not scriptural. God says this is a lifestyle that I want you to live. Amen. And so it's time the church looks at itself in the mirror and says, who are we? Who are we? And I got to tell you, if you're going out and you're getting drunk and, and you lose yourself and, and, and you do all these things, are you really being a good example for Christ? Oh, pastor, the, the Bible, you know, it's okay to drink. Are you being a good example for Christ? Let's be honest. Are you being a good example for Christ when you do those things? If you can tell me you are, then I'd love to hear that conversation. You've got to live according to the word of God. Stop dissecting it. Well, it doesn't say this and it doesn't say this. Live a holy life and find out what it really says. Amen? Now, I know I'm talking about some things and I'm addressing some things, but it's time that we look ourselves in the mirror. Amen? Or, or if we're a church that talks about each other, i, I got to tell you, the Lord's been convicting me of that. I'm just being trans Can I be transparent with you? There, I, no, nobody here, but I have people that I get frustrated with and I get, I talk about them. And the Lord says, what are you doing? What are you doing, Keith? They're my children too. Why are you talking about my children? And he convicted me of that. And he's been convicted me of that. And the Lord says, what I want you to do instead is I want you to encourage your fellow brother, your colleagues. I want you to encourage them. I want you to show love to them. I want you to be an example and quit this mess that you're doing about talking about each other. I judge them, not you. Amen? And I want to tell you that we need to quit talking about each other in the house of God. Amen? We need to love one another in the house of God. Amen? We need to understand that people don't go to church because they feel like people are talking about them in a negative way. None of us are in a position to judge anybody else. Only God judges, amen? Only God judges. And these are things that I'm sharing with you that we have to look at ourselves in the mirror. We don't need to think less of one another. We don't need to judge one another. But I'm going to give you three things today that we need to, we need to work on. See, I feel like when we line up with God's will, then when we ask anything in his name, he's going to do it. Did you know that? Does anybody believe that today? Now see, some of us, we're like, 
Well, you know, I, I've done that, Pastor, before. I've done that, and I, I've said, Lord, in your name, I want a new car. Or in your name, I want you to do this and that. Sometimes, sometimes everything we ask is out of selfish ambition, amen? Now listen, I'm not saying that there's times that we don't need to pray for a new car. I was just giving that as an example, amen? Now, listen, we have, we have needs like food and housing and clothing and, and all those things, and especially with me, food, right? But there's one thing that we need from God is we need revival in Juno, amen? We need revival in Juno, amen? See, a lot of times we don't get what we're asking from God is because we ask amiss out of our own selfish ambitions. James chapter 4, verse 3, put this up there for me, please. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Brothers and sisters, we got to look in the mirror today. What are we asking for in the house of God today? What are we asking for in the house of God today? Are we asking for our own personal things? Or are we asking for God to move in Juno? How many want fentanyl off the streets? You think the cops are going to be able to do that? No. How many want to see the bars closed? Come on now. How many want to see the bars closed? How many want to see Planned Parenthood shut down? You think going down there protesting is going to shut it down? No, you know what's going to shut it down? Is that people have a change of heart and they keep their babies, amen? Oh, pastor, you know, what about this or what about that? I don't have time to get in that discussion. I'm saying that Planned Parenthood is a money-making industry and they're doing it for the money, amen? Follow the money and you'll see what's really happening there. I want to tell you, we need to shut down sin in the city of Juneau and the only way that's going to happen is if a church rises up if a church rises up and becomes the church, amen? We need to become the church, but we can't become the church if we're bogged down in things that don't matter. I'm going to say that one more time because I want you to hear me. We can't be the church if we're bogged down in things that don't matter. I'm going to say that again because I really want you to feel that, okay? We can't be the church if we're bogged down in things that don't matter. When I say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm joining myself to his will. I am joining myself to his will. And I'm saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, save my brothers and sisters. Lord, in the name of Jesus, send Holy Ghost revival to Juno and the outlying villages and then the whole state of Alaska. Lord, in the name of Jesus, save our legislature. Lord, in the name of Jesus, save our assembly. Did you know politicians could be saved? It's a little harder, but they can do it. No, that's not true. They can be saved just like us. Amen? I believe that God wants to move in Juno. Amen? I believe that God wants to move in Juno. But who do you think he's going to use? He's going to use us if we let him. You know, for, for, for so long we sit down around and we complain about how things are instead of doing something about it. We complain about it, don't we? We, we get on, we, we act like 
And forgive me for, the, for you men who are older, okay? So just forgive me when I say this. We act like a bunch of old men. Well, back in my day, we used to do it like this, and there wasn't any problems. Guess what? Back in my day, there were problems too, amen? This is getting worse because we haven't done our job as men and realized that we are the backbone of the church and bringing the ladies alongside with us and acting like we should act, praying like we should pray, being the church like we should. We need to quit offering excuses and do it, amen? We need to be like Nike. Remember the slogan for Nike, just do it? Just do it. But you know, when we talk about this, we always have excuses, don't we? I remember raising my kids, I would say, hey, go do the dishes. Oh, Dad, I could, but, you know, I got homework. And it's amazing that homework would last for 10 hours. My, my dad, when I was growing up, he wanted me to do something, and I said, oh, dad, I couldn't. I have to practice the piano. And I would practice the piano for hours, not really wanting to do the work, right? Now, I'm a good piano player now, but it didn't help my work ethic. We do things because we have excuses, don't we? We don't want to put in the spiritual labor. How many understand the spiritual labor is what really lasts? It's eternal, amen? It's eternal. When you speak something, when you speak the word of God, it is eternal. Sometimes we don't receive from God because we don't match his will. We need to start matching what he wants. So here are three things, and I kind of referenced this earlier. Here's three things that we need to possess in this church. The first one is gratitude. I want you to write this down if you can. Gratitude. Three things. The first one is gratitude. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here because I talked a little bit about this last week, so I'm not going to repeat myself. But let me give the scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, it says, in everything. Say that word with me. Everything. Say it with me again. I want to I feel you're not asleep yet, okay? In Everything. One more time, in everything, not just in the good times, but in all times, right? Not just when things are going good, but when things are not going good, right? In everything, your tire goes flat on the highway, give God thanks. Your wife is mad at you, give God thanks, amen? You know why? Because our present situation should not reflect where we are. Our, what we should reflect is what God's going to do. Amen? What God's going to do. He says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. God wants me to give thanks. God wants me to give thanks. Man, but, you know, we're like the Hebrews. The Hebrews complained about everything, didn't they? The Hebrews complained, when they were coming out of Egypt, they complained, about, they complained about the food God provided for them, and they gave them manna, and, and, and they didn't, he didn't call it manna, they called it manna, and that word manna literally means, what is this? I remember when our kids were small, we would go to feed them, and they would look at us, and they'd go, manna. And I said, don't talk to your mother like that, and then I look at her later, what was that? I don't know what that was. No, that's not true. She cooks great. It was always with me cooking that they did that. But they were ungrateful, and they would, they would talk about the good old times and slavery. 
Can you imagine somebody talking about the good old times of slavery? They didn't talk about the times that they were beat and their children were thrown to the crocodiles. No, they didn't talk about that. Oh, I remember the onions. <laughs> Can you imagine eating onions raw like that? Oh, I remember the onions and how great it was. I remember how wonderful our masters treated us. They only remember the good times, don't they? They don't remember the hard times, and that's sometimes what we do. We forget about the good times of God and the blessings of God, and we complain, and we complain, and we don't show gratitude to the Lord. We don't, and it's hard when your life is really struggling right now and things are not going the way that you want. It is hard to come out with these words. Thank you, Lord. It's hard, isn't it? When the pastor's maybe not doing what you want him to do, thank you, Lord, for our pastor. When, when, you're, when your pastor's maybe not calling you and you're upset that he's not calling you, Lord, thank you for our pastor. I know that he's busy and I know that he loves me. When, when your pastor may be talking about giving too much, Lord, thank you for our pastor worried about you blessing me. Or maybe, maybe sister so-and-so looked at you wrong and you don't like it, you go, thank you, Lord, for sister so-and-so. Maybe if we stop complaining and do a little bit more thinking, our attitude would change, wouldn't it? I'm gonna teach you three words. Are you ready? Say it with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Showing some gratitude, amen? I want you to understand today the showing gratitude is everything that we need to do as a believer. There's a story of the ten Samaritans who, who received healing from, or not ten Samaritans, but ten people, ten lepers. They received healing from Jesus. They were lepers. They had this debilitating disease. And God, Jesus healed all of them, but only one came back and said, thank you. Luke chapter 17, verse 15. He says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. He thanked God. When's the last time that you thank God for something he's done for you? I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take your hand. Come on, everybody take their hand. Hold it up. All right, you raise your hands in your church. You're now Pentecostal. Okay, ready? <laughs> you put your hands down real quick, didn't you? Come on, raise them up. Raise them up. All right, put your hands in front of your face like this. All right, you got it? Now blow. Did you feel that? Thank God you're alive. Amen? Thank God you're alive. You could be. You could be in a hospital bed somewhere, not even about to make it and making out your will and seeing your children fight over your fortune, okay? You, you could be, you could be at death's door, not even conscious. You could be in a coma. You could be laying somewhere, not able to do anything, but God has given you life this morning. You are here in church, amen? You, you could be living in a communist country where they put people like us in prison. But you were able to come to church this morning and you were able to get here. Some of you had to take a bus to get here. Some of you had to walk, but bless God you're here, amen. You came to church and God is blessing you for that. Thank you, God, for bringing me to church, amen. Thank you, God. Some of you should be in prison today. Come on. 
Some of you should be in prison. Jenny just pointed to my mom. (laughs) You guys don't know some stuff. She's crazy. Some of you should be in prison today, amen? But by the grace of God. Some of you should be homeless today. But by the grace of God. Some of you should be not even able to walk, but by the grace of God. Amen? So why as believers do we have a hard time saying thank you, Lord? See, I said I was only going to spend a couple minutes, but the Lord made me mad and holy at the same time, okay? I just want to tell you that God wants us to thank him today. You could be, you could be in a hospital in a wheelchair. You could have to watch television to get your spiritual intake. But God has made you able to get up out of that chair and walk down to the church and receive from God this morning in a free country, amen? See, there's some places that we send money to that being a Christian is illegal. And they have to worship underground. Look at that Bible that you have right now. It's in English, isn't it? There's some countries that we go to, they don't even have a Bible in their language. Brothers and sisters, we are blessed. Amen? That's why we say, thank you, Lord. Say it with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for all that you've done. The next thing that we need to have, besides gratitude, here's number two. You ready? We need to have compassion. We need to have compassion. I don't know what it is. If you've been saved for a while, pride comes in, don't it? And you think you're better than everybody else because you've been saved. Or, or maybe, dare say, you go to a church for a while and you've been there for a number of years and you think that your voice matters than somebody else's. Listen, I'm not diminishing how long you've come to this church, but everybody has a voice, amen? Everybody has a voice. How long you've been here does it determine what your voice stands. Your voice stands based on the Spirit of God, amen? He is the voice, amen? But we don't have compassion on one another, do we? We don't show each other love, do we? Because if we did, there'd be no one among us who was hurting or in need. If we did, we would know about the need. Do you know how many people I have to turn away because we, the church doesn't have the finances to help them? I have to turn people away. And it, it, it kills me because the response is, but I thought you were a church. And I'm like, well, you know, I can only do what I can do. Because... I have to pay the light bill, don't I? I have to do those things. And there's some people that you can't help because of the situation they're in and what they're doing. They're making bad decisions. I'm not talking about that. But what if a church like us had compassion on the homeless people? What if we went down to the glory hall like we've been doing and we gave food to the homeless people? Not expecting them to immediately get saved because sometimes it works like that and sometimes it doesn't. It's not about growing the kingdom in that sense. It's about showing compassion and love to people who need it. What if we as a church went down to the, to the, to the ICU unit in Bartlett and just started praying for people, amen? Wait a minute, pastor. I can't do that. I'm not a pastor. Let me ask you a question. Are you saved? 
Are you sanctified? Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Then go. Did you hear what I just said? Then go. Then go. See, I'm only one person. I could only be in so many places at once. But what if all of us were in everywhere at once in Juno? Amen? If there's a need in Juno, you know, I, I appreciate you calling me, but what if we tried to meet the need out of ourselves? Amen? What if, what if we had compassion? What if, what if we had compassion on the homosexual? What if we had compassion on the transgender? What if we had compassion on the pedophile? What if we showed love when no one else showed love, amen? What if we did what Jesus did? You want examples? Jesus healed the servant of a Roman soldier. Jesus went to the house of a tax collector. The story about Jesus that they said is that he ate and drank with the sinners. I want to tell you today that what we need to do is we need to show love and compassion to the people of Juno. We don't need to stick our nose up in anybody, amen? Now, just to be sure here, is there anybody that was born perfect like me? Anybody? Was I the only one? My mom said I was perfect, so that's why I was wondering. Amen? None of us were born perfect, were we? How many, how many have a little bit of a past? I was talking to somebody up in Anchorage this week, and they made a joke and, about me, and I looked at them and I said, well, what you said is technically true because there's some things that happened in my past. And they got embarrassed. And I said, well, why are you embarrassed? It was my past. Amen. All of us in this room have a past, don't we? All of us in this room have things that we've done or have been done to us that we're not happy about, are we? Instead of looking down our nose at people, we need to look at them and say, hey, I've been there. Let me, let me walk up beside you because maybe you can't carry yourself when we're here to love on you. A church needs to show compassion. One of the things that Pentecostals don't do very well is compassion. We criticize all these other churches and their doctrine, but yet we don't show compassion. I look at the Mormons. Clearly, I do not agree with how they do things and their doctrine. But I tell you what, if you need something done around town, they're the first ones to do it, aren't they? Why isn't our church doing that? And I don't say that to criticize you. Please don't understand that. Because I know we're all busy, and I know we're all struggling to get by. But we as a church should show compassion, shouldn't we? Because when we show compassion, we show the love of Jesus and in us. We show people that we care for them. We don't need to judge each other. Matthew 7, 1 through 2 says, Judge not that you... Be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. Everybody understands that, right? If you judge somebody, you're going to be judged with that same judgment by God. He says, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And I get this a lot from people, and I, I, want, to, I want to deal with this. Because this falls under compassion. And I've heard this all my life. People say, oh, we're not judging them. We can just tell by their fruit. 
Can I, can I tell you, quit misquoting scripture? Quit misquoting. The Bible said, the Bible didn't say don't judge, but you can look at them by their fruit. No, it didn't say that. It says don't judge. You know why? Because we are not the judge. We are not the judge. We, listen to me, we are not the judge. He is the judge. He is the judge. See, if we really judged each other based on the things that we don't know about each other, we would all fall short, wouldn't we? We would all fall short. We would all do things that we shouldn't do, amen? God has not called us to judge one another. Every person that walks through that door needs to be seen as a soul that Jesus would die for. Here's the last thing. Giving you gratitude, compassion. The last thing we need is courage. We need to be courageous. Did you know it takes courage to be a Christian? Can I, can I tell you how proud of you I am for actually coming to church this morning? That took courage for some of you. Because you know why? Sister Sheet and Brother Pillow were calling me this morning. Took you a while, some of you are getting that. Sister Sheet was saying, Pastor Keith, come join us today. Because I didn't get home till late last night, and I've been sleeping in a hotel for six days. And I'm going to tell you, a hotel after one night is terrible. Right? Because you're wondering, does this thing have bed bugs? I don't know what's going on. I feel something weird. Right? And, and people are walking up and down the halls like in, in never mind, I'm not going to get into that. But it takes courage to be a believer, right? It takes courage to come to church. Because there's people within your own family that are making fun of you. There's, your own mind begins to mock you. It takes courage to come to church. It takes courage to be a Christian. It takes courage to say something about God on Facebook. I don't know about you guys, but you've probably seen this. Every time I do something on Facebook, I just get lamb blasted by people. And, I, and it... it and it bothers me, and it shouldn't bother me, but it does, because no one, no one likes to be talked about or made fun of, right? No one likes that. No one, no one likes that, but yet, in a world that we live on right now, that's going to come. That's going to happen. If they did it to Jesus, they're going to do it to us. It takes courage to be a church. Let me give you some acts of courage in Scripture. There was Stephen when he was stoned in Acts chapter 7. He stood up for Jesus. The Christians, they were thrown to the lions, and they were, they were watching. Their full family was thrown to the lions, and, they, and their, uh, their children were eaten, and their wives were eaten, and they were eaten. They were died a horrible death. There was David before Goliath. There was the three Hebrew children. But all these things that they did, it took courage, brothers and sisters. And it, I'm going to tell you, there, there's going to come a time when the church is going to have to show more courage than it's ever shown. See, here's what concerns me. Because COVID came, and so many people wilted away because they were afraid, they were afraid of getting sick. I, I, I never forget this. It, it was tough to know what to do during that time. It was a rough time for all of us. 
But I had people texting me and say, why are you killing people by having church? Why are you killing people? I thought that was a little rough, don't you think? We don't need to be worrying about some disease. Can I, can I give you a little idea here? If you get sick and you die, guess where you wind up? Heaven. I just did that for you because evidently you guys aren't feeling it. You want to try it again? <laughs> it's okay to get excited. We're Pentecostal, okay? We're going to wind up in heaven. We're going to wind up in heaven. Did you guys watch the coronation of the king yesterday? King, that, we're kind of like we're British. Sorry, Bridget. <laughs> We're so proper. We're going to heaven. Yes, Pastor, that's beautiful. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I saw one of you do this. Listen, I know it's getting late and people are hungry and they're ready to go to our favorite restaurant, McDonald's, to get your order wrong. I brought home Taco Bell last night. I was the most popular man in the airport. And there's none left, so don't even try. Yeah. Actually, there is, but it's been spoken for. Brothers and sisters, if COVID comes or some other disease that comes, we don't need to stop gathering like the God says. I know the city stepped in and, and said, you can't do this, but who are they to tell us what we can and can't do when it comes to our church and our faith? We won't make that mistake again. I want to tell you that right now. Amen? We need to come and worship God. Amen? And if I die, if I die, what am I giving up? Bills? Who wants to keep their bills? If you want bills so much, I will send you mine. Okay? I get a, if I die, then I give up my bills. I give up my car payment. I give up all those things. And I stand before the Lord. Amen? I stand before God. It takes courage to do the right thing even when nobody else is. And we have too many believers who are shifting with the sand. We see what everybody else does because they don't want to feel weird or left out. We need to stand up and say no. We need to stand up and say, no, this is not the way to go, even if it costs us. See, when they put down the restrictions last year, one of the reasons that I hesitated is they were going to start fining us every day. And I didn't want anybody to carry that burden. But now, listen, we don't need the government telling us when and when we can't worship. That starts something that we don't want in this country. I'm not saying that to be defiant against. People kept throwing out Romans. We need to be subject to our leader. Not when they're telling me when I can worship. We need to listen to them. The doctors listen to the science. The science changed. Come on now. The science changed, didn't it? It's changed, and somebody can argue with me, and that's fine. I'm not here preaching against COVID, although technically I am, I guess. I'm just trying to get the point across that don't listen to a government who does not speak for God, and let's listen to God and do what he says, amen? As far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord, amen? We will serve the Lord, amen? Now, 
I may be the only one here during that time, and that's okay. I think there's going to be a few of you here with me if that ever happens again, which I think it might. But what if we had the courage to stand up and serve God? Amen? What if we had the courage to stand up and say, no, this is the right thing to do? What if we had a boldness? I'm going to say that again. What if we had a boldness? In Acts chapter 4, verses 29 and 31, the disciples prayed this in unison. And man, I want this to be our prayer. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Ever wonder why the Lord doesn't move through us like he used to? Maybe it's because of our lack of courage. Maybe we need boldness. See, how many knows that there's prayers that God loves? How many know that there's prayers that God listens to and says, yes, I'm with you on that one? How many understand that there's prayers that we pray that God says, okay, I'm, that's what I'm going to answer right now. What are you saying, Pastor? God doesn't answer all prayers? No, it's like I said earlier. Sometimes we ask prayers out of selfish ambition, don't we? Sometimes we ask prayers that are about us and not about the Father. What if we pray the prayer, God, give us boldness. Give us boldness that we can reach people. Give us, give us boldness that we can talk to people. Give us boldness that we can act the way that we should when nobody else is acting that way. You know what happened in Acts when he did that, when they prayed that? And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. It was shaken. Anybody ever been in an earthquake? Doesn't feel good, does it? But the power of God moved that place. The power of God shook that place, and it wasn't an earthquake. The foundations were not torn apart. The building didn't fall. The house moved under the power of God. He said, the assembly together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It's another example. Some people say well, you get the Holy Spirit when you're saved, and that's true. But there's a separate act of being filled with the Holy Spirit. It says here they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. I'm going to tell you, if you have a God experience, you don't care who, who you're talking to. If you have a God experience, you're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. If you've had a real God experience, you want to find the next person you can and say, hey, i got to tell you something. I gotta, I gotta, I, listen, I don't know you, you don't know me, but i got to tell you something about somebody, amen? Let me tell you what happened in my life. Let me tell you what I can do. Let me tell you what he does.
Last night, I went to go get dinner before I came home, and I went to my favorite restaurant in the world, Texas Roadhouse. Anybody else feel that way? I love that restaurant. You know why? Because they got a great steak, and I've been saving my money all week for steak. And then I took a picture of it and sent it to Jenny and the kids. Just what I do, okay? And so my waitress was talking to me, and I'll be honest, I was tired. I was, I was tired. I don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to eat my meal and go. And she started talking to me, and, and normally I'm a talker. I love to talk, but I didn't really want to talk to her. I, I really didn't. I'm a, you ever felt like that? So she's trying to talk to me, and she goes, oh, you're here for work? I said, yeah. <laughs> and she said, oh, you, you're a businessman or something? I said, no. <laughs> that's one-word answers. That's all I was giving her. And then she said, then I, I thought this would shut her up, right? But she was like asking all these questions, and I was getting kind of annoyed because I just wanted to eat. And then, she's, and then I knew this question was coming, and she goes, oh, what do you do? <laughs> I said, well, I'm a pastor. And she's like, oh, okay. And she kind of hung around a minute. Acting like she wanted to say something, but she didn't know what to say. And the Lord started prompting me. He says, talk to her, talk to her. And I'm like, I just want to eat, God. I'm tired. I just, I just want to eat my steak. And she walked off. She walked off. My heart broke within me when that happened. I said, God, I'm sorry. If, if I get another chance, I'll talk to her. I'll say something. I'll preach to her. I'll get on top of the table, and I'll yell to everybody. Just give me another chance. Then another chance never came because she got busy, and I wasn't able to have that conversation with her. I missed, I missed that opportunity to tell her about Jesus because the Lord revealed to me that she had been to church at one point, but something happened, and she didn't go back, and God sent me to talk to her, and I didn't have the courage to do it. I'm sharing that story with you because I want you to know the seriousness of what you do. Everywhere you go in this town, if you pray for it, God's going to give you an opportunity to say something. You don't have to have all the answers. If they ask you some theological question about well, who wrote the Bible, just say, look, man, I'm just, I'm just serving God. I don't know all those answers. I can guarantee you theologians don't know all those answers either. They claim to, but they don't. But if we as a church, and I've asked God to forgive me, so don't, don't think that I haven't done that, and he has, because he's a gracious and loving God. But imagine, brothers and sisters, if we're out at lunch today, and God gives you that opening we don't want to force it down people's throats, right? We don't want to do that. But if God gives you that opening to be courageous and say, hey, I just want you to know that I love you and God loves you. Where do you go to church at? Just have a conversation. And if they say they don't go to church, help them find a church. It doesn't have to be here. Because I'm a weird pastor. They may not like me. I don't know. 
but they need to go to church somewhere, right? God has called you to be courageous. God has called you. Can I also say this, and I'm, I'm trying to close. I really am. I'm trying to close, so just bear with me, okay? This is your moment. These are the last days. I know you've heard that your whole life, but Randy, these are the last days, son. These are the last days, guys. These are the last days, Jeff. These are the last days, and we need to share the gospel of Christ. It doesn't mean that people are going to just fall down and worship God, but if you shared... If you shared the gospel 10 times and one person got saved, wouldn't it be worth it? If you shared the gospel 20 times and one person got saved, wouldn't it be worth it? If you shared the gospel 100 times and one person got saved, wouldn't it be worth it? Amen. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we need to be courageous in this time. We need to take risk as church. We need to quit worrying about our order of service and follow his order. Amen? Sister Dora, we need to love God, don't we? We need to love God. We need to be courageous, don't we? That means when somebody wants to talk to you, you talk to them unlike I did that time. Now, there's been plenty of other times that I did that, that I talked to someone. We need to talk to people. We need to show them that God loves them. We need to show them the love of Jesus. Would you stand with me, please? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Everybody close their eyes. Bow their heads, please. We're going to end the service here. purpose of my sermon today was to give you three things. Gratitude, compassion, and courage. Three things that make a church a godly church. But before we go today, I'm going to ask one question. Is there anybody, please, all, all heads bowed, eyes closed, no one's going to see you but me. Is there anybody today that you do not have Jesus in your heart? You have not received him, or maybe you're not living the way that you should. It's time to come home. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. And say, Pastor, I want to make it right with God. I see one. Is there anybody else? I see two. I see three. Anybody else? Just simply raise your hand. You can put it back down when you do. I see four. People are raising their hand all across this sanctuary because they want to get right with God. Everyone, I see five. Yes, raise your hand. Everyone look at me now. If you raise your hand, I want you to look at me too, especially you. Here's, here's what I want to tell you. First of all, the Lord loves you. There's no feeling, there's no, there's no shame or guilt because the Lord delivers us from that. And whatever you've done wrong in your life, the Lord says it's okay now. But we gotta give our heart to him. And by giving your heart to him, that means you start to serve him. The best way to learn about the Lord is not learn it from some preacher. The best way to learn about God is read this. Read this. Come on. Read his word. There's some Bibles back there that we can give you. We're happy to give you. Thanks to Brother Dave. He brought those Bibles. We're happy to give you whatever you need because we want you to be successful. Amen? I want everybody to pray this prayer with me.
Everybody. Regardless of whether you raise your hand or not, everybody. You ready? Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. I believe in you. I renew myself in you. Let your way be in me. You are my God, my Savior, my joy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, here's where it gets serious as they continue to play music for me. Here's where it gets serious. Is anybody willing to admit they gave their heart to the Lord this morning by raising their hand? Amen. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Anybody else, you're willing to admit it? Amen. God bless you, sister. God bless you. See what God is doing in the house of God today? God is blessing us. Amen. We are, and the reason why I ask, we are overcome, we overcome by the word of our testimony. When you stand up and say, I have given myself to the Lord, you're letting the devil know, hey, back off. Back off. For those who still didn't feel comfortable yet, it's okay. You'll get there. But I'm going to tell you, you're not going to stay saved if you only come to Sunday morning. Because the devil is coming after you. You need to be here every time the church door opens. Every time the church door opens, you need to be here with me. Amen? We have Wednesday night. Wednesday night, we're starting Dave Ramsey Financial Peace. You need to be here because we're going to teach you how to let God help you with your money. Amen? Listen, you don't have to walk around in poverty all the time. God wants you to be blessed, but we have to go through training on how to do that. And don't sit there and tell me, I already know everything, because you don't. Okay? You don't. Nobody here knows everything about finances. We're going to help you with that. Amen? And then we're going to help you in your spiritual walk when you come to Sunday school. Amen? We're going to help you to understand what it means to be a Christian. And then on Sunday night, we're going to pray with each other. 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 Pastor, I'm not, I'm not comfortable, I'm not comfortable praying. I got to tell you, if you can talk and have a conversation, you can pray. It doesn't have to be full of these and thous and woes and all that. Prayer is simply saying, God, I need your help. I want you to touch that person. I want, I, God, I need, that's all prayer is. We're going to help you with that. Amen? 6.30 tonight. You know what I want to see? I want to see as many people there tonight as there were this morning. That's what I want to see. Amen? Now, do you love the Lord this morning? Raise your hand if you love the Lord. Raise your other hand if you love your pastor. Some of you didn't raise your hand. I saw you. You have to love your pastor. It's required by law. <laughs> Amen. I love you so much. I love you so much. Will, come pray for us. I want you to know, next week is Mother's Day. We're only going to have one service. After that is potluck, only one service. I need you to pray for Sophie Frank. She's going through some things right now. Please pray for her tonight. Amen. God bless you. I hope to see you tonight.
Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.